Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Welcome to Weekend Live. I'm Sam Shane. It's 5.06 on this Saturday. We're here till 7 o'clock live in the KFBK studios. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We have a lot to get to. If you haven't heard this program before, we take a look back at some of the big news-making events of the past week. We take a look forward as to what's coming up, and we take a look, of course, at what are the big headlines on this Saturday as we get rolling into our Saturday evening. It's been a cool day today, and it's supposed to warm up by Monday somewhere in the 90s. Uh, Some of the things that we're going to cover here over the course of the next couple of hours, uh, Morgan Freeman, the very latest on that, uh, Harvey Weinstein in court. We're going to hear from his lawyer, Benjamin Braffman. Also, there's a student on the West Coast suspended for wearing a T-shirt, a pro-Trump T-shirt to school, and he's now suing his high school. We're going to hear from this young man. Also, the story of a congresswoman who has introduced legislation that will set up a private fund, essentially a GoFundMe account in the government where private people can give private money to build the border wall. So those are just some of the issues and much more that we'll be covering here in the next two hours. News of the day we want to get to right off the top, South Korea and North Korea. Back talking. The leaders of North and South Korea held a surprise meeting today, their second in a month. This is, of course, a couple of days after President Trump abruptly canceled that summit meeting with North Korea dictator Kim Jong-un. Now, Kim and the South Korean president, Moon Jae-in, Met for two hours. They were at the demilitarized zone. Now, these two exchanged their opinions on successfully carrying out a future U.S.-North Korea summit. So they're working on that end. It would seem as though maybe via South Korea, the United States ambassadors and negotiators are trying to work with North Korea to maybe resume talks about getting this summit underway. Because on Thursday, recall, President Trump called off that June 12th summit with Kim Jong-un in Singapore. But then he told reporters on Friday yesterday, he said, look, there's still a chance, they're still open to this conference, and it may happen. So the negotiations taking place on Saturday, today, between South Korea and North Korea, maybe to resurrect the summit between the United States and North Korea, we'll stay on top of that. Morgan Freeman is back in the news, and we have a lot to cover on this topic here on this Saturday. It was a tough week for Morgan Freeman. It all started with a report on Thursday that he had sexually abused or assaulted in some way, shape, or form eight different women. This is according to CNN. Well, Morgan Freeman first issued one statement. Then he issued a second apology after these eight people accused him of sexual harassment or inappropriate behavior. He said his actions should not be equated with incidents of sexual assault or abuse in the workplace. Now, in the statement that was issued on Friday, he went further. Freeman said, I'm quoting here, I am devastated that 80 years of my life is at risk of being undermined in the blink of an eye by Thursday's media reports. He goes on to say, and we quote, All victims of assault and harassment deserve to be heard, and we need to listen to them. But it is not right to equate horrific incidents of sexual assault with misplaced compliments of humor. So to go with that, There has been new videotape that has surfaced from Entertainment Tonight. They went back into their archives and they looked at some of the previous interviews that some of the young women, the reporters at Entertainment Tonight, had done with Morgan Freeman as he was out promoting various movies. These new tapes have surfaced, and you can be the judge because we're going to play some snippets from a couple of different interviews. So they dug up this piece of videotape. Again, there were two different interviews. This is the first one that we'll play. There were two young women, two different women, interviewing Morgan Freeman on two different 
occasions. Both say that he made inappropriate comments before the interview actually took place. The cameras were actually rolling, so as they were sitting down getting ready for the interview, this, uh, this is what took place. So, first of all, let's play this first clip from the Entertainment Tonight interview, which took place. This one was in 2016. He was sitting down with Entertainment Tonight correspondent Ashley Crossan, and he was promoting a film called London Has Fallen. And again, this is just before the interview started. You married? No. Fool around older guys? <laughs> just asking. So that was just prior to the interview. Are you married? She says no. Do you fool around with older guys? And she laughs it off. So the interview takes place as he promotes his movie. And then following the interview, she stands up to shake his hand and say, thank you, it was nice to meet you. And he remains sitting. And here is that exchange after the interview. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you. Mine. Look at so she says, pleasure to meet you. He says, mine. And as she's walking away, he looks her up and down with the cameras rolling, and he says, look at yourself. So that took place in 2015, or 2016, I should say. Now, the year prior, in a 2015 interview with a different Entertainment Tonight special correspondent named Janet Mock, this was for the film Five Flights Up. Freeman's out promoting that movie. And once again, they're sitting down to do the interview. And this is customary when these stars do these interviews. They, they bring the reporters into the room and they all sit down in the same chair. So the star of the show just simply sits in the same chair and they bring everybody through and they get five or ten minutes with the star and they talk about the movie. But as people are getting up and leaving and sitting down, the cameras continue to roll. And Morgan Freeman knows this. I mean, these stars know that they're on videotape and it could go into a library, and this one did. So in 2015, different ET correspondent, Janet Mock, sitting down with Morgan Freeman, and he talks about her skirt length and legs. Well, now, how you all manage to do that all the time? All of this? No, you got to dress just halfway between your knee and your hip. <laughs> And you sit down right across from me, and you cross your legs. Janet Mock was not very happy about this. Uh, she gave a statement when these tapes surfaced to E.T., and she said, quote, For me, as a young woman of color who is a reporter and a fan of popular culture, I was deeply disappointed that someone who was seen as America's grandfather was susceptible to such disturbing behavior and felt comfortable enough to do that as cameras were rolling and that he could take claim of my body and look at it before even looking into my eyes. Okay, so now back to what Morgan Freeman said in his second statement issued yesterday. Quote, I admit that I am someone who feels a need to try to make women and men feel appreciated and at ease around me, and as part of that, I would often try to joke with and compliment women in what I thought was a lighthearted and humorous way. Clearly, I was not always coming across the way I intended, and that is why I apologize Thursday and will continue to apologize to anyone I might have upset, however unintentionally. 
quote, but I also want to be clear. I did not create unsafe work environments. I did not assault women. I did not offer employment or advancement in exchange for sex. Any suggestion that I did so is completely false. So finally, I want to play for you one more clip. And it might shine a different light on this entire scenario. This is from James Kahn, the actor. And he's leaving a restaurant. And there's a camera crew there from TMZ. And he reacts to these sexual assault allegations against Morgan Freeman, who, by the way, is losing endorsements. He lost his endorsement from Visa. He lost his endorsement from a transportation company up in Vancouver. He's paying a price. Now, here's what James Kahn told TMZ as their camera was rolling as he was getting into a car leaving a restaurant. Any thoughts on Morgan Freeman being accused of uh, sexual misconduct? No comments on Morgan. He's a good guy. Yeah. What do you think about him losing endorsements just over allegations like already? Without what you say? He's already losing endorsements over the allegations that just came out. I know. We're becoming a very strange place. Yeah, Morgan's a great guy. We all you know, know I mean, that's I think that's why God made men and women so they could be attracted to each other. James Kahn says we're becoming a very strange place. I think that's why God made men and women, men and women, so we could be attracted to each other. Which is it? I mean, were you offended by what you heard from those ET tapes? Did he step over the line? Should he be going there? Should he be saying those things to young women? Is that acceptable? Or are we taking this thing way too far? Is the PC culture just taking over everything? Our phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. The time now is 5.16. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. And more on Harvey Weinstein and this topic on the other side. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday. This is Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane. We are live every Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. here on KFBK, and you can join in on the discussion with us at 916 921 1530. Excuse me, 1 800 834. 1530. We are kicking things off with Morgan Freeman. We are going to get to Harvey Weinstein's day in court, and we will hear from his attorney, who is one sharp cat, coming up here, how he plans to defend Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Morgan Freeman is paying a price for this, literally. Uh, his union, SAG-AFTRA, thinking now also about taking corrective actions, as they said, against the actor. They may take back their Lifetime Achievement Award for the allegations that surfaced this week. Joining us on the phone right now is Sydney. And, Sydney, what are your thoughts on this Saturday with regards to this topic and Morgan Freeman? Hey, Sam. Um, yeah, I, uh, for years now, I have been a pilot and, 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 and have hung out with uh, men that are probably anywhere from 25 to 35 years older than me. And when you get my experiences, even with my own parents, as you get older, when you start to get in, into that age group, you lose your inhibitions, okay? And you will tend to say things to people that if you were the same age they were, they might feel differently about it. Mm -hmm. But when you get to be an old man and you say that to a pretty young lady, 
know, she just thinks it's funny. Well, so, but, it's but, just, but, but, yeah, but it's different between saying it, you know, among friends or in a cockpit as opposed to when he was sitting, when they were all sitting down, that the cameras were on, the microphones were on. Well, well, then, then the question begs to be asked, why was the lady laughing? Maybe she felt nervous. Mm, I don't know. I think, I think she just, she, I, I think she thought it was cute. That's the impression that I've gotten from, from, from uh, women who, in my presence, that was done by one of my friends. They just thought it was a cute old man. So you think, oh, so man. in your estimation, that laughing is kind of flirting? Uh, yes. In a way, it's, it's, what's the, there's a saying. It says, um, uh, an old man wishing for younger days, and he's just having fun with it. I mean, it, probably nothing down there works anymore anyway. He's just having fun. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, that's more information than I've uh, been privy to. But, Sydney, thank you very much. I do appreciate the call. Uh, time now is uh, 524, and Evelyn joins us from uh, Sacramento. Uh, what do you think, Evelyn? How are you tonight? Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm an admirer of Morgan Freeman and a lot of other celebrities. I think he should have, with cameras rolling, he should have been careful what he said. But, however, I do not think it was sexual harassment. He wasn't vulgar. He didn't touch her. According to what I heard on the radio, he simply acted through how you feel about older men. So she could either say, I don't like to be dated by them. I don't like to be approached by them. But he should have thought with cameras rolling what he was saying. So it doesn't necessarily offend you what he said to these young women, uh, regardless if it was uh, recorded or not? No, not when he asked, how do you feel about older men? That was simply a question. If he was interested, and if they weren't, they could have said they're not. But one thing about women, sometimes we laugh things off when we don't know how to say something to a person without them get offended. I've had men approach me, and I tried to turn it off in a polite way, and they got really nasty. So women kind of just shrug it off. Mm-hmm. But we don't appreciate some of, some of that. But so, still, so there, I there think are, he was just asking. So, so you you know you listen to somebody like James Conn who says, "Look, I like Morgan Freeman. He's a good guy." And 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 James Conn goes on to say, "I think there's a reason why God created men and women, and we're attracted to each other." And I've heard other actors and other people say, "You know, we're at a point now where men can't even flirt with women." I mean, do, do you do you subscribe to that that thinking at all? I honestly think so, too. But there are some men that go way overboard. And then, like I said, women have an issue because when they try to say no to a man in a polite way, some men come back with the most vulgar and humiliating remarks, and that's not necessary. Right, right. Treat people with respect, I believe, Evelyn, I think at the end of the day. I think so, too, but I don't think he, he, I don't think it was a sexual harassment to ask how you feel about it. Young man, he simply asked, and he wasn't vulgar. He didn't touch her. But I think she didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, so but you, you admit, I mean, it wasn't the smartest thing in the world for him to do. He should no, know better than that. No, I don't think it was. Yeah. No, right. I don't. Right. I think he should have been more professional. Right. Hey, Evelyn, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Enjoy your okay. Saturday. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's uh, 526 right now. Uh, we've got time to play maybe a, a clip or two from uh, the Harvey Weinstein uh well, the whole thing that took place in New York, and boy, was that a media circus. I don't know if you saw that, but that was just a show in a show of itself, right? Uh, so Harvey Weinstein in court this week in New York City facing charges. Uh, he potentially is looking at some 80 different allegations. Uh, he has a very good attorney named Benjamin Braffman who is defending him. And 
Harvey Weinstein was in handcuffs for a portion of the day. He did post bail. It was at $1 million. Uh, They're putting an ankle bracelet on him. They said, you can't leave the state of New York and you can't leave the state of Connecticut. That's it. He turned over his passport. If he wants to leave those two states and remain in the United States, he has to get approval. So life has changed dramatically for him. Uh, But following the hearing in court, Ben Braffman, who is the lawyer for Harvey Weinstein, met with reporters, and here is his first audio clip. Mr. Weinstein um, will enter a plea of not guilty. We intend to move very quickly to dismiss uh, these charges. We believe that they are constitutionally flawed. We believe that they are not factually supported by the evidence, and we believe that at the end of the process, Mr. Weinstein will be exonerated. Will be exonerated, he believes. Braffman is a very, very sharp attorney, and he is going to be a force to be reckoned with for prosecutors because he's going to argue the law and not necessarily proper conduct. And we're going to get to that soundbite a little bit later, probably on the other side of the break, because it's a little bit on the lengthier side. But you will get an idea from him exactly the tactic from a legal standpoint as to how they're going to go about this case. And if you sit back and really think about what he had to say, it makes a ton of sense. He's going to argue the law, which great defense attorneys and, frankly, great prosecutors do. And generally speaking, in the court of law, when you argue the law, you'll win. Uh, Braffman says that any sexual relations that Weinstein had with women, he says, were consensual. Mr. Weinstein has always maintained that any sexual activity he engaged in was consensual. He has vehemently denied any of the allegations which suggest that he engaged in non-consensual sexual activity. Many of these allegations are long um, overdue, quite frankly, having been uh, made about events that are alleged to have occurred many years ago. They were not reported to the police at the time these events occurred, and I anticipate that the women who have made these allegations when subjected uh, to cross-examination in the event we even get that far, that the charges will not be believed by 12 people, assuming we get 12 fair people who are not consumed by the movement that seems to have overtaken this case. More on Harvey Weinstein on the other side of the break. We're back in a moment. And it is Saturday, and this show is called Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane, and we are live in the KFBK studio every Saturday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., and we'd be delighted if you'd join us you want to call, it's 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. The time now is coming up on 536. The first half of the first hour of this show, we have been talking a great deal about Morgan Freeman and the developments with him and his case and the allegations that have surfaced and now the two responses that he has given. Um, and dovetailing along with that is Harvey Weinstein, who was in court in New York this week. And he is being represented by Ben Braffman. And the situation, while it's not so good for Morgan Freeman, is much more serious, of course, for Harvey Weinstein. He's facing criminal charges now, posted a million dollars bail. He has a bracelet on his ankle, and he has been ordered to turn over his passport, which he has done. He can't leave the country. 
represented by a guy named Ben Braffman, who is a well-known criminal defense attorney. And he met with reporters outside of the courtroom yesterday. And the question we're asking is, tonight, do what these men, what, what these men have been saying, does that offend you? Especially the tapes that have surfaced from Entertainment Tonight with regards to Morgan Freeman and, of course, the allegations that have surfaced against Harvey Weinstein, which have proven to be at least more serious in terms of allegations. Does all of this... And when you see the number of people who are getting into trouble with sexual harassment, sexual allegation claims, Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose, we can go right on down the list. I mean, the list is long now. How disturbed are you by that? Or are we blowing this way out of proportion and have the PC police taken over here? 916-921-1530, This is Ben Braffman. And he was asked by a reporter specifically about women who say that Weinstein repeatedly engaged in bad behavior. And listen carefully, because Braffman here makes a very clear distinction, a legal distinction between bad behavior and criminal behavior. My job is not to defend behavior. My job is to defend something that is criminal behavior. Bad behavior, um, Mr. Weinstein did not invent the casting couch in Hollywood and to the extent that there is bad behavior um, in that industry, that is not what this is about. Bad behavior is not on trial in this case. It's only if you intentionally committed a criminal act, and Mr. Weinstein vigorously denies that. It is somewhat similar to what we heard from Morgan Freeman in his second statement, in that he said, my behavior may not have been right or perfect, but it certainly wasn't criminal. And I certainly didn't ask for anything in return, like a job. And I didn't use my position of power to force somebody into a sexual relationship. And so here we have these two prominent figures who are now defining and and, and making a very clear distinction between bad behavior and criminal behavior. And don't be surprised if that's a response that will be uniform or at least consistent from those who have been accused because they are two very different things. So Weinstein's case will move forward, and Braffman, of course, is going to argue this very, very energetically, shall we say. As for Morgan Freeman, right now he has to face public scrutiny. There are no criminal allegations being leveled against him. But his reputation is on the line, and he has said that, that 80 years of his lifetime and all that he's accomplished, he is fearful, will vanish in the blink of an eye because of the allegations that were made Thursday on this report by CNN. So we will keep our eye on that, and we'll continue to follow these two stories And I am very anxious to get on to our next story, which we're going to do after the break. It has to do with a young man in high school in the West Coast wore a pro-Trump t-shirt to high school. People were offended. He was asked to cover it up. He didn't. He got suspended, and now he's suing the high school. And the story gets even better when you hear what a teacher did at that high school a year prior.
We'll get into those details coming up here shortly after the break. We don't have time to roll those sound bites right now, so let's just hang on to that. I do want to talk about the housing prices that are going on, not only in Sacramento and outlying areas, but in San Francisco as well. And if this is feeling a whole lot like 2006 to you, you're not alone. 2005, 2006, do you remember those years just before the big crash? I mean, it was just cooking. Houses were going up 10, 15% a month. I mean, it was nuts. People were buying a house and turning around a year later and they sell for $100,000 more. So you think that was crazy? Well, deja vu. Buyers in Sacramento County saw prices jump last month to the highest levels since the big bubble years of the mid-2000s. Here are some of the numbers that are coming in. The median price has now risen every month in the last six years. It's hit $357,000 in April. That's the median price in Sacramento County. This is according to CoreLogic. This is a real estate data company. This is what they do. They go out and they track all these prices. That price in Sacramento County up 12% over one year ago. El Dorado County, the highest median sales price in the region. $486,000 median price in El Dorado County. Placer County, median home price in April, $482,000. Yolo County, their median price took a big leap to $467,000. So those sound like pretty expensive homes. Go to San Francisco. Any idea what the median price is in San Francisco? $1.3 million. That's the median price. That's probably a fixer-upper. There was a yeah, there there was a fixer-upper in San Jose. I don't know if you saw that picture two weeks ago. A fixer-upper, a teardown, one point three million. So that may all sound well and good. Yeah, I'm making more money on my home, and it's going up, up, up. And well, this could be the fly in the ointment, folks. Mortgage rates are now going up. One of the reasons that home prices have continued to escalate at such a phenomenal pace is that the money has been cheap. Interest rates have been held down at low, low levels for a long, long time, and there are critics who are warning this has the potential to be a real big old balloon bubble. Mortgage rates continue their upward march this week, extending the most prolonged increase in 46 years. Latest data released Thursday by Freddie Mac. A 30-year fixed rate climbed to 4.66%. Just a week ago, it was 4.61%. It was 3.95% a year ago. Now, when you get into the fixed rate for 15-year, that average jumped to 4.15%. It was 4.08% just a week ago. In the world of interest rates, that's a big jump. And if it keeps going that way, then the demand for houses is obviously has to go down at some point because money is not as cheap and you have to pay more for your house payment in interest. So that's the latest there. We're going to get to a teenager taking a high school to court. He's suing them. They suspended him for wearing a pro-Trump t-shirt. And wait till you hear what a teacher at that very same school 
posted in that teacher's classroom one year ago and was allowed to do it. Time now is 544. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK and Weekend Live, and we're back in a moment. Good evening. I'm Sam Shane. Thanks for joining us here on Weekend Live. We are live every Saturday night from 5 to 7 here on KFBK. We cover the week's events. We look forward to the next week. And we cover the big stories of the day. Some of those stories that maybe slipped through the cracks that you maybe didn't see on that evening newscast that you tune into at 5, 6, 10 o'clock. Some of the stories that maybe interest you have some depth. Do you think that our school officials have a political agenda? Are they taking sides, or are they allowing both sides to play out? Phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. The reason I ask, an Oregon high school student is suing his school. He says they violated his First Amendment rights. They suspended him for wearing a pro-Trump t-shirt. This young man did an interview with Fox. He's going to take us through step by step what has happened. And wait till you hear what one teacher had posted in that teacher's room just last year with no repercussions. But let's begin at the base where we begin. This is Addison Barnes. This is an interview again with Fox News. He described first the t shirt he was wearing. Well, the shirt says uh, border wall construction company and the quote from Donald Trump that the wall just got 10 feet taller. Um, you know, that's just a representation of my political beliefs. And uh, I think I believe that I should be able to wear the shirt and express my beliefs just as other students should be able to express their views that I may disagree with. Barnes wore that shirt to his what was called people and politics class. This was at Liberty High School located in Hillsboro, Oregon. It was in January. He knew that they would be discussing immigration in class on that day, and that's why he wore that shirt as part of the theme, as part of his opinion. Well, things kind of got a little bit nutty for him then. He says the whole thing started to sort of unravel. This was first period, by the way, the very first class of the day. About 10 minutes into the class, the assistant principal comes in and she walks around and stops at my table and asks to speak with me out in the hall. Um, so I do, and she tells me that a couple students and a teacher were offended by my shirt, um, which prompts her to give me the choice either to cover the shirt up or uh, I would have to go home. So at first I said I would cover the shirt up, which I did. I went back into class and covered the shirt up for a few minutes. And I thought to myself, you know, this isn't right. Um, this goes against my First Amendment and my beliefs. So I took the jacket off, and um, at that point, uh, she saw that and had a, a security escort me out of class. Escorted out of class. Suspended for wearing a pro-Trump T-shirt. Phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530, and this story gets even more interesting. 
Not only is this young man escorted out of his school for wearing a T-shirt supporting his president, he says last year a teacher at that same school put up a pro-sanctuary city poster in a classroom, and it was allowed to stay up. And it was up all year last year. Uh, it said pro-sanctuary city, uh, sanctuary cities welcome home. And as a conservative, that might be considered offensive to me, yet as a conservative, when I wear a pro-Trump or pro-border wall shirt, uh, I get suspended for that. So I don't think there's much fairness in that. No. There's no fairness in that. There's no fairness whatsoever in that at Liberty High School in Hillsboro, Oregon, where if you support President Trump and wear a T-shirt that says show and you offend people, you're told to go home and you're suspended. But if you put up a poster as a teacher in a classroom supporting pro-sanctuary cities, which may offend some people, it's allowed to stay up. Dave from Carmichael joins us now. Hi, Dave. How are you on this Saturday? I'm doing just fine, Sam. Good to hear, good to hear you. Good to find you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. What are your thoughts? I, I, miss, I miss you there for a while, but now I found you again, so <laughs> well, I'm really, really pleased. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I gave up that TV, that TV gig. <laughs> well, I noticed that they were pretty sad there for a while. It was it was pretty well. Uh, thank you. I have I, I have some good friends there, and I miss them. But I I thank you for that, Dave, very much. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I'll give you just an example. Um, I taught um, parochial school for about seven years, and then uh, uh, um, sorry, public schools for about eight. And my first year working in public school um, in the area. Um, I'm in the social studies department. Mm-hmm. My de- my department chair, my boss. I went in to walk into his room and uh, uh, meet him. And standing there with one of these fold up things, you know, that's life size, six foot tall. Right. This is August of 2002. This was an Al Gore thing. Okay. <laughs> so, so as your point is your broader point here, Dave. You you do believe that our school officials overall do have a political agenda, and it is to lean left. No doubt, absolutely. I give a ninety nine point nine percent on that. And but, has that been the case? Is it your belief that's been the case forever? No. Okay. When did it change? I mean, has it been recently, as, as we've seen the country split and become more divided, has it become more pronounced, do you believe? Oh, no doubt. No okay. doubt. Um, there's a little bit going on before, but since the election, it's, it's just been off the charts. See, here's, um, here, 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 Dave, here's where I think we get in a, we're getting in a real slippery slope, and it's getting really dangerous in terms of what we're teaching our kids. If we have educators on the public level or the private level, at the college level or at the elementary school level, if they are leaning in one direction and not allowing the other voice to be heard, then the very principle of our Constitution free speech is not being shared and taught with our kids. It, I don't care what side you're on, but a healthy debate must be had on our college campuses and in our elementary schools and high schools. And we are seeing... Some schools allowing kids to leave school to protest one particular side of an issue 
while kids who are on the other side are not allowed to protest. And it seems very anti-American to me, Dave. I'll give you the last word. We have 30 seconds. Well, uh, Sam, it's good to talk to you again. Now I know where you're at. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of gone out of control. And, you know, there's a lot of things in bad taste that have been said. Um, you know, they definitely should be corrected. They're definitely out of line. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you start touch, you touch anybody at all or you make those kind of comments. But, no, we're way, way too too far over the line. Um, and I just made a resolution not to worry about it and just be myself. Okay. If it offends you, too bad. All right, Dave. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. Have a great weekend. That's Dave from Carmichael calling in. Uh, we have another caller waiting, but we have a hard break that we have to hit. We're going to have much more on this Oregon teenager suing his high school. They suspended him for wearing a pro-Trump shirt. He says his First Amendment rights are being violated. We have another soundbite to play on the other side. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Time now is 6.06. This is Weekend Live, and my name is Sam Shane. Thanks for joining us. We are live every Saturday evening here on KFBK from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., and we welcome you to call in. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. This hour, we're going to get to a story. The voting centers, by the way, opened up today in Sacramento County, believe it or not. That's right. They are open already in Sacramento County. There are a couple of billionaires, and they are dumping a ton of money into the campaign of Antonio Villaraigosa, the former Los Angeles city mayor who is running for governor. And he is getting beat up in the polls, especially given how much money he is spending, and they cannot be happy with their investment. As my producer Luis said, that's putting a lot of money on a horse that's not doing so well out of the gate. Anyway, we'll get to that, talk some numbers on that and, and why Viragosa is in trouble with not a lot of time left heading into the June elections, the primaries. We want to get back to this story out of Oregon with this teenager who's suing his high school. This young man, as a teenager, wears a T-shirt to high school, a pro-Trump T-shirt, wants to build the wall. Because in his class at Liberty High School in Hillsboro, Oregon, On that day, they were talking about immigration, so he thought it was appropriate. There were people, apparently, who were offended. They went to the school principal, and before you know it, the young man who was wearing the pro-Trump shirt was told to cover it up. He said, that's not right, and they said, you're leaving school. And they escorted him off the grounds, and they suspended him. Now, what makes this even more interesting is that just one year ago, there was a teacher at that very same school who hung up a poster on the wall that was pro-sanctuary city. That poster remained up on the wall. It was never taken down. A political sign on one side of the aisle is allowed to stay up. A political t-shirt on the other side of the aisle is escorted off the school and suspended. So he's filing a lawsuit. Phone number here, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. The young man's name is Addison Barnes, and he says he is suing this school for violation of his First Amendment rights. Yeah, I think the, the importance, the main point of this uh, suit is to stick up for my First Amendment rights as well as the First Amendment rights of uh, future students that might may have to go through the school. 
What has what the school said? School hasn't said much. The school has given no comment. This interview was given to Fox News. Their producers called the school and got no comment. 916-921-1530, Do you think that our school officials have a political agenda? Or are they focused and determined to teach the youth of America at all levels about both sides of an issue and have an open discussion on both sides? Or do they simply pursue their own political agenda, which they feel is right, at the expense of open dialogue and free speech? 916-921-1530, Let's get a little bit into politics right now because the voting centers, as I mentioned off the top of the hour, have opened up in Sacramento County. And there were some interesting new poll numbers that came out this week by an outfit called MapLite. They're a nonprofit organization, and they track money in politics. And this is quite telling because there are some billionaires who are putting a whole lot of money on one horse. Former Los Angeles Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa. So this is an outside campaign, and this is not unusual anymore in American politics, where money from outside of a state or in another region of the country will pour into one state trying to affect one election because it could have national implications. It's been going on for a long time, but the amount being spent, particularly by billionaires now, is staggering. So an outside campaign trying to catapult Democrat Antonio Viragosa into second place in the California governor's race has spent more money than any other independent committee supporting a gubernatorial candidate in the past two decades. So this analysis by MapLite is, which is a nonprofit organization, by the way, it tracks the money in California politics. It's backed by this campaign, billionaire Netflix CEO Reed Hastings, and former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg. These two alone have thrown more than $17 million into the Villaraigosa coffers. $17 million. There is a, another pro-charter committee, pro-charter schools committee. It's called Families and Teachers for Antonio Villaraigosa. They've spent $14 million. If you had those two numbers up, you're in excess of $30 million from two groups. And what are they getting for their money? The poll out just this week shows that Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom has 26% of the vote. Antonio Viragosa has 13% of the vote. And Republican John Cox has 15% of the vote. Based on these numbers, it is... Very possible. Viragosa won't even make it till to the November election. They're spending tens of millions of dollars on this guy's campaign, and he cannot get traction. John Cox is the Republican. First poll taken, he came out at about 5 or 6%. Then another poll came out and came out at 14%. Now he's at 16%. About 25% of the people who were polled on both Republican and Democrat sides. They don't know who they're going to vote for. There are a lot of votes left to be captured out there in the race for governor. 
Here's Vieira Gols's problem. And Cox does not have this problem. And that's why these numbers are so troubling for the Vieira Gosa campaign. And this is why Democrats are very nervous. Viragosa is up against not only Gavin Newsom, but he's facing former state school chief Delane Easton and state treasurer John Chung. So he has three opponents. So you've got four Democrats. John Cox, the Republican, is facing just one. Republican Assemblyman Travis Allen. That's it. So the Democrat vote is getting split up among many more. The pie is getting split up. And Viargos's challenge becomes that much more difficult. There was one campaign analyst who said, is it too much money to be spending? I don't know. But they certainly spent it too late. They started too late. It's very possible that the Viragosa campaign took this thing for granted. And now they're in fifth gear trying to catch up. Will it be enough? We will find out. The time now is 6.14. This is Weekend Live. We are going to take a break. But when we come back, here's an interesting thought. Would you contribute your money to a private fund to build the border wall? There's a lawmaker out there who has introduced the bill. We're going to hear from her what the idea is, how it might unfold, and will it work? It just might. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK and Weekend Live, and we're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. Thanks for joining us here on Weekend Live. I'm Sam Shane. Time now is 6.20. We're here every Saturday evening from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock. We'd love for you to join us. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, Getting a lot of phone calls on this Oregon teenager. Uh, an 18-year-old named Addison Barnes wore a pro-Trump t-shirt to school, was escorted off the campus because he apparently offended a few people on campus and was suspended for wearing a pro-Trump t-shirt, and now he's suing Liberty High School for violating his First Amendment rights. Kelly and Carmichael calls in. Hi, Kelly, how are you? Hi, Sam. Uh, Yes, I just wanted to call and say bravo to Addison Barnes. I'm very proud of him for standing up for his First Amendment rights, and um, and I'm happy also, of course, that he's a Republican. And I just wanted to let you know that... um, when I was a young woman, I did peer counseling and went to the city council. The subject doesn't matter. And then um, I've been attending America River College and over the years. I know it's a two-year college, but it's taken me a long time to get through. I've seen the um, administrators and the staff become more and more liberal. And, in fact, if you're not leaning. Kelly, back up. When, when did you notice that they were becoming more liberal? At what point in time did you, you see that take place? Um, well, I'm actually an old broad, so, uh, <laughs> I've been going to that two-year college for a long time, so yeah. I, I would say they've been coming more and more left-leaning over the last, 
somewhere between five and seven years. Okay, okay. Kelly, listen, thank you very much. I do appreciate the phone call, and uh, congratulations on your continuing education. I think that's outstanding. <laughs> I really do. I just think that's yeah. terrific. I, I, hey, when I graduated from college, I'll never forget this, which was a long time ago. There was a woman who was probably, I believe, like 78 years old who graduated in our class, and I went up and talked to her for a long time. I said, why'd you do it? And she said, I've always wanted to finish. I mean, I just thought it was really cool. Well, the, I was taking um, computer science and the dot-com market dropped out. Then I changed to real estate, and we all know what happened to real estate. So then I went into the legal legal arena. Well, I hope, and, uh, well, I hope you picked one that works this time. That'd be great. All right, Thanks. listen, Kelly, I appreciate the call. Good to hear from no you. No problem. Uh, Sh- you. Sean from uh, Meadow Vista joins us here on Weekend Live. Hi, Sean. How are things? Uh, fine, fine. Good. Um, yeah, I wanted to just mention that it's it's sad to me to see that, you know, you can't wear something that isn't really all that offensive, but it offends nowadays. And back 10, 20 years ago, it wouldn't have offended. But now everybody's getting offended because it doesn't fit in with their political beliefs. And do you believe um, that? Do you believe that our school system overall, at at all levels, is is leaning in one direction? No, absolutely. I live in California, and I notice it at the uh, university levels mainly because my children are both at UCs. Oh, they are. And, um, yeah. Are, now, are they are they are they liberal or are they a conservative or do you know or yeah. what do you do? What do you guys talk you know, about? I, I, with my kids, I don't uh, talk politics with them. I, I feel like they have their own beliefs, and I. I encourage them but aren't you concerned but aren't you concerned at all sean that they're going to universities that lean left and they're not getting both sides well they get they get some from me you know (laughs) i will talk about it once in a while and you know i i trust that my kids are smart enough they can do the research and they eventually will figure it out Mm -hmm. um but it's all about doing the research you know just don't get told you know, this is how it is right. without actually looking it up and checking it for yourself. Right, right. Look, I, I just think it's really important. I, it doesn't matter to me how, how what side of the fence you want to end up on. That, that, that That's completely up to you. But you need to be, at that young age, exposed to both sides. And and, yeah, these, and these university officials who are shutting down, like, the Ben Shapiros and the Laura Ingrams and so on from speaking on their campuses, like at UC Berkeley, uh, right. you know, that doesn't do their student body any good at all. No, it, do- it doesn't. It doesn't. You, no. Okay. Hey, Sean, listen. Is, yeah, go ahead. It is offensive. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate the call. It was good talking with you. Uh, Carol from Folsom joins us right now. I understand, Carol, that you are a Travis Allen volunteer. I am. Well, congratulations. And you wanted to make a note like, hey, don't count my guy out. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying, everybody wants to just call California the throwaway state. We don't count. We're not important. Just give it to Gavin Newsom. Let us open the borders, let all of our tax money go to the illegals. Mm-hmm. Who cares about us? So right? we so we had uh, on the show, geez, this was a couple of weeks ago, and, and I, I, I forget her name, but she's a young woman running for uh, United States Congress from the San Diego area. And she's saying um, not only is this big blue wave not going to happen in California, she's predicting a big red wave. That seems pretty bold. That's what I say, that we're going that way. I can tell you I'm spending 8 to 10 hours a day walking and on the phone, and I know lots. There's probably at least 40,000 of us volunteers out there doing the same thing. We hold, they hold conference calls for us. We're on the phone. We're walking. We're handing out. And most of us are all getting very positive 
um, responses. Feedback. Okay, feedback. but now yeah. your but now your 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 candidate is Travis Allen, and and, and now the he's not polling as well as John Cox right oh. now. You realize that? And I know that. Yeah. Okay. And number one, because I worked in state government affairs work for a gazillion years, and I understand polls. I also understand our president Trump didn't poll very well either. Well, you know what? You made a very, you make a very good point. A lot of pollsters missed it. That's exactly right. You're right. I'm telling you that people out there they don't want they're afraid. Okay. On the bottom line, I'm a senior citizen now. I deal with a lot of senior citizens talking and getting people out to vote, and I can guarantee you they don't want confrontation. Yeah. But I can also guarantee you they have a say in what's going to happen in California. Well, and Carol, I, you know what? I, I think it's going to be an interesting, another interesting election cycle. I really do, and I wish you well, and I wish your candidate Travis Allen well. I mean, um, he, he's uh, lucky to have someone like you out there for him. Thank you. There's a whole bunch of me out there. Okay. Well, I good luck. You. Good luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Bye. Russ from Marysville calls in on this Saturday evening. Uh, we're going to get one more in before we hit the break. Hi, Russ. How are you? I'm pretty good. What are your thoughts, hey. Russ? Well, I got a couple of questions. Once the young man, the young man that's um, suing the school, mm-hmm. I kind of hope he gets what he wants on that. Okay. Um, it kind of it's kind of irritating the way the teachers, grown ups, are going along with all this and letting the schools uh, or letting the kids. Oh, what do you want to call it? I have a hard time trying to. Explain well, it, so. yeah. Look, I mean, there are there are a lot of young teenagers who would not take this step to to sue a school or a school district for violating their First Amendment rights. That's a bold move on his part. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad he's doing it. You know, I wish more of them would do it. Mm-hmm. And the idea of uh, protesting, that just, to me, it's got way out of line. It's more... Um, well, um, here's, you know, right. I, I think that if I, I think that that schools allow kids to, to essentially leave the classroom, or as we used to call it, cut class to protest, you know, yeah. you're, 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 running a, you're running a real dangerous operation there in that... Yeah. Are you going to pick and choose the political stance and the political position and the policy? I mean, where do where do you stop it? At what point? Yeah. What what are the what are the boundaries? And I think that I, I, it's a dicey situation for school officials because there's a lot of pressure on both sides. Yeah, it is, and it, it's uh, actually as ninety percent of our problems are the troublemakers out there trying to uh, instead of doing a nice protest, it just gets out of gets out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Russ, we'll see how this uh, young man Addison does in Oregon in his lawsuit. Something tells me he may prevail. I mean, that's just my gut, but uh, the courts will sort all of that out, or we may just have a settlement at the end of the day. That young man's got my vote. Yeah. All right, Russ, thanks very much. Calling in from Marysville. It's uh, coming up on 629 here on KFBK. This is Weekend Live, and I'm Sam Shane, and I want to thank you for joining us. On the other side of the break, uh, we have a call waiting, by the way, which we're going to get to on the other side of the break. But uh, on the other side of the break, we're also going to touch upon this congresswoman from Tennessee who has introduced a bill. And is this something you might be interested in doing? She wants to set up essentially what is a private GoFundMe account, for lack of a better term, within the parameters of the government where you and I can send in our private money. It goes straight into this account, and all the money from that account goes to build a border wall because the problem president Trump has had with his border wall proposition is that members of Congress will not give him the money to build it. They say, yeah, go ahead and build your border wall, but 
you can't have any money. And that could be the source of a government shutdown next time around. Phone number here, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. More on that topic on the other side. I'm Sam Shane. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Six thirty-four on a Saturday evening. We've got a little bit less than about twenty-five minutes left in this program. Thanks for joining us. My name is Sam Shane. This is called Weekend Live, and we are here every Saturday evening from five until seven o'clock. Love for you to join us on the phone, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. And joining us on the phone right now is Stephen from Carmichael. Stephen, good evening. How are you? Good evening. How are you this evening? Not too bad. What are your thoughts? Well, you've only got 25 minutes left, so I'll... I'll <laughs> You're quite a talker, Stephen. I, 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 this, this Zaragoza guy, he just, he just never been... Properly vetted. You don't. You, I don't. I don't like him because I. I. He's got ties. He's I, got ties. You going to be alleged, allegedly. I'm, everything I preference is going to be allegedly. Have you ever seen that man without a shirt on? Have I ever seen that? Seen well, Antonio? You know, Vier- no, wait, 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 wait no. back up. No, no, Stephen. There are some questions that you just can't let go. Have I ever seen Antonio Viragosa with his shirt? Without a shirt on. Without shirt, a shirt with on, his yeah. shirt off. The answer would be no, I've not. Okay. okay. He always wears long sleeve shirts and button up shirts with, with ties mm-hmm. because don't, of his tattoos. But, but don't don't most people? I mean, I, that's how I see Donald Trump quite often. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, he doesn't even, you can't even find a picture of him without without a, without a short sleeve oh, shirt on. Okay, so. His tattoos. So that what? man is tattooed from his neck down to his torso. So if. I, it, but, I, don't, but, I don't trust him. Okay, but Stephen, Stephen, if if a person has tattoos on their body, does that disqualify them from being governor? If there are certain ones, it certainly does. Oh, okay. I've seen you don't you don't see him anymore, but I have I have seen, and I, I you know I'm I'm not nowhere near proud of anything I've done, but I've been through the the justice system, boys ranch, mm-hmm. the authority, the jail. It was a little bit of federal time, and I know I I know. Tattoos. Yeah, the, the uh, man, I, I, man. I, I, you know what, Stephen? I, I would, I, I don't disagree that you probably know a lot about tattoos, and I, I obviously for Stephen, that's a game changer when voting for governor. Um, but I have to say that that is a question that has never been posed to me in my lifetime. Have I seen Antonio Viragosa with his shirt off? That's a new one. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's get to this story. Uh, this is a congressperson out of Tennessee. It's a representative, Congresswoman Diane Black. She's a Republican, and she has introduced a bill to allow Americans to donate money uh, to build the wall. President Trump needs twenty-two billion dollars for the U.S.-Mexico border wall. And this bill that the Tennessee lawmaker has introduced would allow him to crowdfund the money. Now, this is called the Border Wall Trust Fund Act. And it would allow the Secretary of the Treasury to accept public donations to fund the construction of a barrier on the border between the United States and Mexico. And here is Representative Diane Black 
in a recent interview. And what this does is it allows those who really want to see, as the president has said, a secure border. Um, we've been talking about the border wall for the past two administrations, and yet it has not been done. And again, we have a strong president mm -hmm. who says we're going to protect our borders and we're going to put up a wall. We're going to do what was already in the law. What about this idea? 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. Would you donate money to what essentially is a private fund held within the government, but the money could only be used to build the border wall? Because the biggest problem that President Trump and his supporters of the wall are facing is that members of Congress have said to him, you know what, that's fine. You can go ahead and build the wall. We're not going to give you the money. They've not appropriated the money to build the wall. And President Trump has said, when the next budget crosses my desk, if there isn't funding for the wall, we just may be shutting the government down. That this could be a game changer. He's made that threat. He made it before and didn't follow through. There are those who are suggesting that this time he will. So, people have been actually, apparently, according to Representative Black from Tennessee, have been reaching out, and she says that she's been hearing from people who say they do actually want to give. We put this out on Friday, and we had a number of people that have been tweeting us saying, tell us when, tell us where, and we're ready to do it. My husband and I are willing to write the first check to say, we as Americans want to do what the president has said. We want to help fund that wall. How about that? People have already been emailing and messaging and calling and saying, yeah, we're ready to go. And she says, you know what? My husband and I will write the first check. Now, the likelihood of this passing and actually becoming law, who knows? But it's a bill that's out there, and it shows how much passion some people in the government have for building the wall. Time now is 640. The phone number here is 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. Now, under this bill... The Treasury Secretary would establish an account for the donations. It also calls for money to be used to construct a mile-long commemorative display that will honor the donors. So if you donate the money, you're going to get a plaque that's going to go up on the wall. And it's not the first time that this has actually happened. She went on to say during her interview that in U.S. history, we have seen this before, dating back to the building of the Washington Monument. So private donations were taken to build, to build the Washington Monument. And if you go to the Washington Monument, you will see that there are plaques from people who have donated money. And she says, let's apply the same concept to the border wall. Let's not worry about Congress funding public money. Who cares? We'll just raise money from the public, open up the coffers, pour the money in, take the $22 billion, head down to the border and build the wall. And for everybody who contributes, you get your name up there. What do you think of that idea? 642 is the time. The phone number is 916-921-1530. one 800 We are going to take a bit of a break, and on the other side, I want to play one more very interesting clip.
from this week. And this is a California congresswoman who lectured ICE agents. And wait till you hear how they turned around and responded to her. This was one of the the drop-the-mic moments on Capitol Hill that I came across while assembling this show and some earlier shows this week while filling in for John McGinnis. And it was a pretty remarkable exchange, especially when you hear how one top ICE official ends up scolding this congresswoman. 6.43 is the time. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. The phone number is 916-921-1530-1800-834-1530. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. It is 647 on a Saturday evening. Thank you for joining us here on Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane, and we are here every Saturday night live from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we go over the previous week's events, the big items, the big issues, the big sound bites. We take a look at the day's top stories, and we take a look at the weeks ahead, as we have done in these past two hours. We have been studying what we can expect in the primaries coming up in the gubernatorial race, and we've taken a look back earlier on Morgan Freeman and Harvey Weinstein and the problems that those two gentlemen, among others, have been facing in the sexual harassment front. So we're going to wrap up here with what it was really an interesting exchange on Capitol Hill. This is between a uh, California congresswoman. Her name is Nanette Berrigan. She's a representative, a Democrat from Southern California. She's in the 44th district. uh, That's around the the Compton area. Uh, And this is at a hearing on immigration and border security. And there were top ICE officials who were called into this hearing to talk and answer questions from lawmakers regarding immigration and border security. And Representative Berrigan, when it was her turn, first of all, started off with a three-minute lecture before she asked one single question. And in this lecture, you'll hear it in this soundbite, she calls ICE agents anti-immigrants. We love to talk about this issue about the MS-13 gangs. We love to paint immigrants as criminals. That is not the complete facts. And that is very offensive for me to see continuing to happen, is continuing to message this, this anti-immigrant agenda. There are many of lots of good immigrants. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. I'm going to repeat what she said. We love to paint immigrants as criminals. Who? Who loves to paint immigrants as criminals. I don't know a single person. America is built on immigrants. That's what we are as a people. We are immigrants. There is, however, an enormous distinction between immigrants and illegal immigrants, and particularly illegal immigrants who are here who have committed crimes. And that distinction was all gone. That definition was completely mashed together. There were no lines, there were no boundaries. Immigrants were tied in with illegal immigrants who were tied in with illegal immigrants who commit crimes and are criminals. 
And it's very dangerous to do, and we are seeing it more and more. The painting with a broad brush of the position and policy of our opponents, and it's irresponsible. So, following that, she asked a question, and then Representative Nanette Berrigan went on for another two minutes to lecture these ICE officials. Now, what you're about to hear, this is just after she yields her time. Her time is up, okay? And she's been lecturing these guys for, I don't know, four or five minutes. Thomas Holman is who you're about to hear from. He's the acting director of ICE. Here's his response. Can I respond to the, the, the speech I was made? Absolutely. First of all, no one on this panel is anti-immigrant. We're law enforcement officers enforcing law that you all enacted. So to sit there and say that we're anti-immigrants is wrong. We are enforcing laws. If you think it's okay to enter this country legally and they shouldn't be arrested, that's just wrong. The laws clearly state enter the country legally is a crime. And no one's up here saying all, criminal, all illegal aliens are criminals. A certain percentage of them are criminals. They, they commit yet another offense after they're here. I've said many times, I certainly understand the plight of these people, and I feel bad for some of these people. But I have a job to do. I have to enforce law and uphold the oath that I took to enact the laws enacted by you, Congress. That, excuse me, that was the drop the, drop the mic moment. Thomas Holman looking at this congresswoman in the eye and saying, look, we, we are performing our duty. We're doing what you have told us to do. We take an oath. Congress and the President of the United States have passed laws, and we are upholding the law. That's what we do. It's not our fault that this has become such a divisive issue. And he said, look, I feel, I feel for a lot of people who are here, who are trying to come here, but if they're here illegally, and especially if they're here illegally and they're committing crimes, it's our job to enforce the law. And I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, there was a similar line of questioning, and we had it here on uh, Weekend Live, in which Senator Kamala Harris from California was grilling the Secretary of Homeland Security about how families who cross the border illegally and are caught are separated. And how she was blaming Homeland Security for separating families. And the Secretary of Homeland Security simply said, Senator, first of all, the parents of these children made that decision. That was their decision, and they knew the circumstances, and they knew the repercussions. And second of all, in the United States of America, in virtually every state in this country, there are social workers who go into homes where children are being treated in deplorable conditions, are being treated horribly by their parents. There's a case in Fairfield that surfaced within the last two to three weeks. Ten kids in a home. And the parents are now in jail for how they have allegedly been treating these children. And this is happening in the United States of America with people who are citizens of the United States of America. It is not uncommon for this to happen. That's what you do when you are in law enforcement. You protect kids. And when kids are with parents who break the law, 
yes, our culture, our society steps in. Phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. But this line of questioning that we have seen over the last two to three weeks, attacking members of ICE who are performing their duties and somehow blaming them for enforcing the laws that were passed by Congress and signed by the President of the United States, and not just the current group, this goes back decades, Blame the messenger. Blame the character. That's the idea. Okay, here's one that it came across my desk. I thought this was pretty interesting. I think you're going to hear this guy's name a lot more starting tomorrow. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Ben Lecomte. He's a 50-year-old Frenchman turned Texan. He's going to get in the water tomorrow. Off the coast of Japan, he's going to start swimming. He'll go as if it goes as planned. He's going to he won't, he's not going to set foot on land for six months. So he will swim through the largest collection of trash on the planet, great white shark migration areas, through jellyfish and storms and isolation and monotony. And in November, Lecomte hopes to paddle and kick all the way to. San Francisco. He is swimming from Japan to San Francisco to become the first person ever to swim across the Pacific Ocean. He swam across the Atlantic Ocean in 1998. He's done this before in another ocean. This is a man who likes to swim in the ocean, so to speak. <laughs> I think my mom once told me to take a long walk off a short pier. That's a whole other story. So now, swimming across the Pacific Ocean, this journey, how long do you think that is? 5,500 miles. 180 days. Ben Lecomte. You're going to hear about him. Finally here on Weekend Live, the Affordable Care Act could be in trouble A group of Republicans soon to release a proposal intended to spark another push to repeal the Affordable Care Act in the months just before the November midterm elections. That's right. The proposal to topple Obama-era health care laws and replace them with a plan that would give states more control over health policies. And yes, the Republicans plan to launch that just prior to the November elections. That is not a mistake. I'm Sam Shane. Thank you for joining us here on Weekend Live. We're back again next Saturday from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock. We hope you join us. Have a great rest of your Saturday and enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk with you later.